we are not too young to follow you. We are not too young to know you. In fact, Lord, you desire that, Lord, that we know you right from our youths, right from our childhood. Your word says, O Lord, train up the child in the way that he's go when he's young, so that when he grows old, he will not depart from them. And this evening, O Lord, even as we look into your word, I pray, Father, that your word will look into us and I commit every one of my brothers and sisters here online who are listening. I pray, Lord Jesus, O Lord, that Lord, that you would, Lord, show them, O Lord, and impress upon their hearts how much you love them. First, how much you care for them. How much, O Lord? Have mercy, Lord, and this evening I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Show us your ways. Teach us your paths. And lead us into the way of everlasting life. We commit this time into your hands. Anoint us all afresh. Me even as I speak. And all of us even as we hear your word. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. So once again, I just want to thank you. Uh, thank God for this opportunity. I want to thank... Pastor Peter Samuel Garu for entrusting me uh, with this opportunity to speak uh, to his young men and women in his church. Uh, I don't take any of these things lightly uh, because it's not about me. It's not even about Pastor Peter. It is about God and it's about his people. And uh, uh, it's, it's always a joy to speak to young people. And it, I think, and, I'm, and God is looking for young people. He says, uh, remember your creator. We looked at it last, last time. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before <laughs> the days of your old age come. So last time when we looked at it, we looked at how to prepare for our old age. <laughs> before we <laughs> come to a point in life where we lose all the faculties of our, of our body. Uh, we looked at as to how we should make the faculties of our spirit sharp. So we don't even just not only prepare for old age, we prepare for the ultimate test, what we call as judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. And it's important for us to understand right from the time when we are young as to what is the question paper that we are going to receive. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's not like uh, it is this question. This is an open book exam. Okay. You know, in universities, there are two, two kinds of exams. There is one exam called as closed book exam where you have to memorize, etc. And uh, uh, regurgitate whatever you have learned. Memorize and regurgitate. Okay, Vomit, in other words. But uh, here in the Bible, we don't have any closed book exam. We have an open book exam. Bible is given to us. That's an open book. And the test paper is also given to us. The questions are also given to us. Be ready with those questions, be ready with those answers, and one day we'll, we'll have the ultimate test uh, where Jesus says that he's going to test everything with fire. So we have to be ready for that day. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, in verse 9, from verse 9 onwards, this is what I'm going to read today, um, based my message or uh, study based upon these two verses, uh, 9 and 10 of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, uh, 11 verses 9 to 10. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. What do young people want? They want to enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy life. They want to enjoy. That's the motto. 
Life is short. Enjoy. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. And then it says, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart. So rejoice, cheer. Need to understand? Somebody said no, made a very interesting statement. You go to a bar. First, the beer is chilled. Okay. When you drink the beer, you feel thrilled. Or rather, it's chilled, thrilled. And then after that, you pay your bill. Okay. You have to pay the bill. Okay. First, you have your, it's chilled. You're thrilled. Then you're billed. Then you drive on the roads. Somebody, something happens to you and you're killed. Okay. So, so there are four stages. First you're chilled, thrilled, billed, killed. Okay. So that means there are consequences for every pleasure that we enjoy. Life is without, there's no life without consequences. You see, you're free to take your choices. You're free to make your decisions. There's free will there. But you are not free to choose the consequences. The choices are free. You're free to make all your choices. So he says, rejoice, O young man. In the days of your youth, rejoice. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the day, in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. Whatever is pleasing to your eyes, enjoy. That is the reason why, you know what he says in 1 John chapter 2. He says, don't love the world or the things in the world for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. You see. Sight of your, you, this is what you think. You think this is right in your eyes. Do it. This is what makes your heart glad. Do it. Rejoice. But, you know, that's the biggest thing. Nevertheless, <laughs> know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. That is a statement. Which you cannot escape. No, somebody said there are two things which are certain in life: death and taxes. And taxes. <laughs> certain things. Certain. You will die. <laughs> you have to pay your taxes too. You can, no escaping that. Maybe in India you can do some jugad and escape, but uh, if you are an honest man, you're an honest citizen, you have to pay your taxes, right? So death and taxes are for sure. So what is happening? That means one day there will be a judgment. And that person who's going to judge is not an ordinary pan. He's not even your pastor. Okay. Maybe you are, you look good in the eyes of your pastor and your eldership and they think that you are a nice, godly, God-fearing young man, young woman praying, etc. But there is one God who's watching and we have to stand before him. Therefore, he says, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh for childhood and youth are vanity means like a, vanity means like a bubble, you know? What, what vanity means one preacher, I think Warren Wearsby, a great Bible teacher, makes a very interesting statement. He says, vanity is like whatever is, remains, vanity is whatever remains after a bubble bursts. Now after the bubble burst, what is there? Nothing. That is vanity. And he says, childhood and youth are vanity. But the problem is that we are all eternal beings. Okay. So, we come to the latter part, uh, 10th verse later. 
as to how we do that and prepare ourselves. But one thing is for sure. We have to give an account before God. That is the reason why he says that the kingdom of God is like a man who settled accounts with his stewards. Settling of accounts. That is the reason why in every church and every organization, there is what we call as audit. Okay, everything has to balance. You know, we have a brother over here who helps us with our accounts. <laughs> every question he will ask. You have internal audit, external audit. Okay. So, gen- therefore, what we should constantly keep doing is you have to keep auditing ourselves. And that is the reason why one man of God said, keep short accounts with God. Settle your session immediately. Settle your Settle your accounts. Settle your Don't drag it to for, for too long. Because one day, you have to give an account for everything that you have said. In fact, everything that you that you thought, we'll see what all God is going to judge. So Amos chapter 4 verse 12 will say, Therefore, thus will I do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Therefore, what should you do? We have to prepare ourselves. Prepare. Sit the pot. Okay. Very important. Now you... Look at how Paul actually talks about this in the in the New Testament. In the New Testament, he's talking about something very interesting. He says the, how we have to prepare to meet God. It says in Second Corinthians chapter five. Let's read from verses nine onwards. Second Corinthians chapter five, nine onwards. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. In other words, we have to have an aim. And what should be our aim? Our aim should be to please God and not man. Okay. Don't become, become a hypocrite. Okay. But you know, the world celebrates hypocrites. You know that, right? Okay. And they also give awards to hypocrites. And that is what we call as Oscar awards. Okay. The world's best hypocrite in the leading role. That we call as male actor. <laughs> <laughs> the male hypocrite. The world's best female hypocrite. Every year, Oscar Awards. Supporting hypocrite. Supporting actor. And the director who directed all these hypocrites. And finally, the producer who put money into these hypocrites. And world celebrates it. And therefore you see every channel or every organization has what we call as TRP. YouTube channel has got subscribers. The number of subscribers, the greater you are. Okay, I'm not going to the, so I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, but you need to understand. We all crave for attention. But the problem is the attention and the, and the Applause of man is not going to be useful. It's actually useless on that day. Our aim should be that we should be pleasing God. Because we can't act before God. Look at what it says. Therefore we make it our aim whether to be present or absent to be well pleasing to whom? To God. Why? For, because we must, there's a certainty. There's a certainty of Death and there is a certainty of judgment. We must all appear. We, we should appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in his what? Body. 
according to what he has done, whether good or whether bad. And verse 11 is scary. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Jesus is a loving Savior. Yes. Ippudu. Ippudu loving it. Appudu. Terror. Huddle. You have not seen Jesus as a judge. You should read the book of Revelation. You will see the revelation of Jesus as a judge. And what happens when John sees this Jesus as a judge? His how is his hair? His hair is white like wool. Okay, white like wool. And why? What does whiteness symbol symbolize? Gray symbolize. Gray symbolizes wisdom. Viparitamana wisdom So he has got incredible wisdom. And then it says, his eyes were like fire. Okay, his belt was bronze and his feet was bronze. Means and he looked at him. And you know what, John, the John who leaned on the breast of Jesus when he was in the Last Supper. Who was the beloved apostle of Jesus? That is how he introduces himself in the gospel according to John. He says, the disciple whom Jesus loved, as if he didn't love anybody else. He loved everybody. The disciple whom Jesus loved on the day, on the island of Patmos, when he sees Jesus as judge, as the judge, you know what happens? He falls flat on his face like a dead man. Then we know what Jesus says. He puts his hand upon him and he says, don't be afraid. Tension. That is a different day. That's the reason why he says, knowing the terror of the Lord. Be what? Persuade men. That is what we are doing. Through the ministry of the word of God. And young people, prepare from now on. Because it is appointed to man for a man to die, how many times? Once. There is no re- no karma and regeneration and rebirth, nothing. Our Bollywood movies and Hollywood movies may talk about it, but nothing of that sort. There is only once. We all live once, we die once, and after that, judgment. For sure. And okay, when uh, uh, Felix was being told, told by Paul, he's talked about him, about righteousness and self-control and the judgment to come, started getting tensed. He said, boss, please go around. I'll talk, uh, hear about this next time. Because nobody wants to hear. God is loving. God is kind, etc. Yes, he's kind. He's loving, but he's also a judge. We should never ever remove from God the fact that he's a judge. And that one day, we'll have to face the terror of the Lord. Okay, that's not my, my words. It is the words of the great apostle Paul. And what is he going to judge? Is a question. 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before time until the Lord comes. Who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Secrets. And reveal the counsels of the hearts. I mean, in other words, he will actually judge the thought processes in our minds. The counsel. Counsel and the thought process. Alochana vidhanam. He will. He will judge the thoughts and hidden things of darkness. Again, this is not in the Old Testament. This is a New Testament. And then what will happen? Each one's praise will come from God. That is the reason what, what should we do? Our aim is to what? Please Him. Okay, but if this is not okay in your side, I don't want to do it. 
that's exactly what uh, what Joseph was saying. If Potiphar's wife is saying, hey, no, but nothing will happen, Ray, nothing. Nobody is saying, nobody is watching. It's okay, no problem. What is it? Stolen waters are sweet. <laughs> Stolen waters are bread eaten in secret is very, very pleasant. But know what Joseph says? My, the problem is not you. The problem is there's one person who's watching me all the time. I cannot sin against him. You know, believers should have this tension. I'll give you an example, no? Passport. Those days I applied for Tatkal passport in my, during my, this, about 11 years back, 10 years, not about 10 years back, close to 10 years back. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, exactly 2011 I applied for Tatkal passport. Now, now, passport is very easy. So after I applied, applied for Tatkal's passport, that guy, he immediately sends the passport in few days and then he, police verification will, and they'll, they'll do police, verifi- police verification. So they'll come to your house and you know what police will ask, no? So one policeman came to my house. He sat before me. He asked me all the documents. I gave him lemon juice also. Okay. He drank the lemon juice, asked all the documents. Very happy. And after he said, yes, sir, every document is fine, sir. Approved, sir. I'm leaving, sir. And he was going out. And, you know, when, whilst I was going out and I was escorting him to, into the lift of the apartment, he said, ah, dekhlenge sab, lift mein sab kuch dekhlenge. And you know what dekhlenge means. And, you know, my heart was beating against my chest because I didn't want to bribe him, honestly. And I don't know what he's going to write. So I was praying, praying, so, praying, say, Lord, what should I say to this guy? So I got into the lift. After I got into the lift, I looked at that man and I said, sir, I'm a Christian. And he said, oh, yes, sir, I know many people are Christians, Muslims, Hindus, oh, I believe in all gods. Sarva dharma, sammelana. Then I said, sir, that's not the point here. If I give you money, you'll be okay. But my God will punish me. You'll be okay. But my God will punish me. You, you would not believe it. He started shivering. Oh, sir. Okay, sir. No problem, sir. And immediately left me, gave me the, gave me my passport and he went. That is how you have to live. Everybody will say, it's okay. Potiphar's wife was saying, no problem. Nobody is watching. <laughs> Let's do it. But one person is always watching. The counsels of the heart, the things that you do in darkness, he will bring it to light. So, you can enjoy, but there's a consequence that has to be, that has to be paid in this life and also, that's exactly what happened to David. David did everything in secret. Nobody knew, but God knew. Now he's actually acting. My best soldier died. He left his pregnant wife. I am a magnanimous king. I'm going to marry her and she's going to be a part of my uh, my family and I'm going to be known as the very righteous king. But you know what? Everything Akarmatam recorded. And then, you know, Nathan comes and gives a story. <laughs> gives a nice parable. And then Nathan says, David is like, who is this fellow? He has to pay with his blood. Nathan comes and says, David, 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 you are that man. Finished. 
You see, these are all there in the Bible to, to tell us that there's one person who's constantly watching. That's the reason why you sing that Sunday school song. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little mouth what you speak. Hands, etc. You know why? Because God loves you so much, he can't take his, take his eyes, on, eyes off you. God loves you so much and he can't take his eyes off you. Understand that. He will reveal the counsels of men. Romans chapter 2 verse 16 will say, In that day, when God will judge the secrets of men. Oh, you have secrets? Nobody knows. You have a lock for your phone. Lock for your app. You have multiple locks. You have to solve a math problem to open your phone. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, math problem has to be there to open your Okay. Math problem to open your phone. What? There's a lock for WhatsApp. There's a lock for every app. There's a lock for YouTube. Everything there is a lock. <laughs> but the keys are there. <laughs> In fact, no, no matter how many number of locks you have for your any app, he knows what you're doing with this. The secrets of men. Sorry. Password any at the rate, at the rate, better than password la. Prime numbers better. I can hack it, don't worry. <laughs> Ultimate hacker, they would. <laughs> so, understand the secrets of men will be judged. How? By Jesus Christ, not by anybody else. If it's your pastor, it's okay. Are you Light because pastors, no, we are pastors are very kind sometimes. People just cry, we'll say, oh, yo, please come, we'll hug and kiss and stuff. But, <laughs> so, according to my gospel, he will judge what? The secrets of men. Therefore, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 will say, rejoice, O young man, in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. So what should I do? What should I do? My goodness, there's so much of evil in my heart. There's so many evil thoughts that I think. If God begins to judge my thoughts, if he begins to judge my actions and my intentions and my, and my secrets, what should I do? So Solomon gives the answer to verse 10. He asks us to do two things. We'll elaborate on those two things. Several things. I mean, in those things, there are several things. In those two things, we'll elaborate. In a few, few minutes, we'll finish. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. So first thing he says, remove sorrow. The word for sorrow is very interesting. Remove anger, spite, and what is what is the one thing problem with young people? They are all always very angry. And okay, we have what we call as angry young man. Ah, of course, our great Amitabh. And after that, subsequent generations, everybody is a rebel star or power star. They were power rebel. Okay. Rebel without a cause, Arjun, <laughs> ready. <laughs> No? All angry people. So the problem is, question is, in, in, it's good to be angry by the way, for the right reasons. But we have all, see, 
every young man has got anger. See, if you if you cross a young man's will, what has what is his reaction? <coughs> if you cross his will, if you stop him from doing what he wants to do, immediately anger comes up. Sorrow. Sorrow, the word for sorrow is angry. Means angry. And he says, remove that anger from your heart. The first person who got angry, you know? Who's that first person who got angry? Cain, yes? <laughs> the first person who got angry is because God did not accept his sacrifice. God, in other words, God judged him. And he did not like the judgment. And immediately in Genesis chapter 4, this is what he says. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? What is this kopam? That's what he said. A lot of parents will say, big deal. And God asks, In English, in Telugu, it's very interesting. Why is your countenance fallen? Why are you angry? Kopa Manduku. Niku Kopa Mela. We are all angry people, boss. But anger is a good emotion. If anger is an emotion which is controlled by God, it's a fantastic emotion. We had two, there are two sons of Jacob, you know? Those two sons, Levi and Simeon. Because somebody did something to their sister, and it was, of course, a very bad act. What did they do? They used deception. And they took swords and destroyed an entire town in their anger. Levi, angry fellow. Sword is katti is koni. Narkestan he went. He was one from, from a Rail Sima. Factionist. He went and he took the sword and he pushed, pushed, he killed, slaughtered an entire village. And Jacob, when he prophesying over uh, Levi, he says, you know what? You fellow, you are so angry, I will scatter you in Israel. But this guy now is an angry fellow, right? He has to somehow redeem himself, redeem himself. He gets a chance to redeem himself. You know where he gets a chance to redeem himself? Moses brings the tablets down from the mountain, remember? And entire Israel is sinning against God. They build this golden calf and they're dancing, dancing, dancing. And then what happens? Moses says, whoever is on the Lord's side, Come on to my side. Come on to my side. And who comes? Which tribe comes? The Levites come. And you know what God tells Levi? Stop your sword now. You have anger, but I'm going to do one thing with your anger. I'm going to take your anger. I'm going to use it for my glory. So what do you do? You slaughtered a village, right? Go and slaughter your own people. In other words, before you slaughter somebody, you should have slaughtered them in your own heart. You should have zeal for God. You have to have the anger of God. Now that anger is under the control of God. A lot of young people are angry. It's an incredible energy. And that's, that's, that is the reason why they do a lot of things as an outlet for their anger. You know that? Why people pursue, pursue sports or a career or some of one of the reasons. This is an outlet for a frustration or a grief. They have to have some kind of outlet. So there is anger, there is a tremendous energy when you are young and that energy, that ball of anger should be under the control of God. First first of all, you have to get rid of all that negative anger and get positive anger. You should, you should have the anger, that is the reason why he says be angry and do not sin. Do not sin. So how do we 
Tackle this anger. This is what it says in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 19 onwards. My dear brothers and sisters. This is the NIV Bible. Very simple translation. My dear brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. My young brothers and sisters. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Slow to speak and what? Slow to get angry. Short tempo to the mukumi the kopamani or mukumi the kopanta bedda oka bedda. Achievement like a badly yaskun to dani. It's an achievement vadaki. Short tempo and vadaki. No short. Slow. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. That God desires. Therefore, so what should you do? Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and should do one thing. One thing you should do. Receive humbly. Humbly accept the word that is planted in you which can save you. Receive with humility. Receive with humility. You know, the the antidote for anger is humility. That's what you say. Humble yourself. Don't, don't, Don't take matters into your own hands. So, he says, remove that anger from you. How do we do that? We'll see. The next part. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Remove anger from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. This is a difficult part. Very difficult. Flesh, evil, basically come under discipline. If I have to control your anger, and energy control if I have to really control your energy, you have to submit to me. See, you need to have three kind of attitudes. How many attitudes? Three kind of this is not going to be easy, okay? This is for young people, I'm telling you honestly, Christian life, yes. To enter into the kingdom is easy. You don't have to do anything. But to walk with God is difficult. You need to understand that. Discipleship is costly. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow. And everybody should know it. So this is going to be, and how do we do it? There are, there are three attitudes, three attitudes which, 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 which I shared in so many contexts, which we have to develop in ourselves. In order for us to be well pleasing to him. So that we can get rid of the evil in our flesh. And the anger from our heart. Three attitudes. How many attitudes? Simple. Join the army. What? What did I say? Join the army. I'll show you. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 3 onwards. So the biggest, the person who was the most angry is Apostle Paul. Okay, so he joined the army. He says, "Joined with me in suffering." He said, "You know, he had zeal. zeal. You know, the zeal that he had. He was so angry with all those people who, whom he thought were the enemies of God, enemies of Yahweh, and he was killing them and slaughtering them, left, right, and center. And you know what? He also was complicit in the murder of Stephen or the martyrdom of Stephen. And he was a young man when he was doing it. It says in Acts chapter seven, he was a young man." And a full anger. Okay. So join me in suffering, he says. Like a what? 
first thing like a soldier of jesus christ so you want to be you want to get an outlet for your anger join the army army lo full kobam undante first thing nenu em chestanante okay nu i want to shoot i want to shoot wait wait you, you will get the opportunity to shoot but you, before you shoot there's a process that they will take you through become a soldier of who of jesus christ no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilians so first thing become a soldier so what does a soldier do look at what it says verse 4 no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civil civilian affairs but rather tries to please his who commanding officer ante commanding officer em cheyalo chestanen that is how what is happening now your anger is under the control of the commanding officer no you remember i was in ncc when i was growing up ncc lo discipline is first i went to the national integration camp in nahan in, in himachal pradesh no by 5 o'clock one city you have to be out otherwise the officer will come with an iron rod and chase you out of your tent and they will use choice language sanskritam this is not ordinary language banda bootal asti note nunchi so they are very tough see he says you become a soldier in other words come under the authority of a commanding officer who is our commanding officer you know joshua is standing no he is standing before jericho and then he's wondering as to how to conquer because joshua is this like a, is an army guy you know is a soldier basically is a soldier no itla itla nen how what should i do with with uh, with uh, jericho and he's thinking he's strategizing he's strategizing and strategizing he's thinking thinking and suddenly he he sees the commanding officer who's the commanding officer jesus and what is he he's with a drawn sword and he says who are you are you for us or are you against us like this kanna i am on neither side i came as the commanding officer of the lord of hosts take off your shoes first take off your shoes because the place that you are standing is holy ground and immediately you know what what joshua does he falls flat on his face and he says what do you want me to do you give me the command and i and i will do it you got it you can in other words a person who is a soldier has to come under the authority of a commanding officer in other words you and i as young people should come under authority subject yourselves to authority not just i will i will be subject to jesus only no it says children be subject to your parents young men be subject to your elders in the church you have to be subject to your pastor basically or pastors whoever is the eldership that here that god has appointed in your life there's nothing like lose electron if you are understanding what i'm saying okay come under the authority there were young people in uh, abraham's home remember how many young people it says in genesis chapter 14 look at what it says when abraham heard that his nephew lot was was captured by the army what did he do abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive he called out 318 what trained the other translations will say trained young men born in his house these 318 men and like gideon also he had 300 men these 300 men actually slaughtered five armies how many armies five 
under the commanding officer who? Abraham. See, that is the reason why coming under the subject subjection of leadership is so important. And young people you need to understand. You want to be successful in your life. One thing you will be you will be able to be successful is come under the authority of leadership. It's indispensable for you. Okay. And don't argue. argue I'll give you an example. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, this is the time when Israel is attacked by the by the Amalekites. By the Amalekites. Now, Israel is attacked by the Amalekites and look at what Moses tells Joshua. Look at what it says. Seven, chapter 17 and verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked Israel at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. I should go and fight. You will go and pray. I should go and fight. What an equation. Did Joshua argue? No arguments. Okay. So Joshua fought the Amalekites. And look at what it says. As Moses... Ordered. Order. Until he took the order, no questions asked, he went and fought, fought. In other words, he told what was, I mean, he did what was told to him. He obeyed implicitly. That's what soldiers do. They obey commands. They don't ask questions. They don't ask questions. You come to the army. No question in the commanding officer. You that that man will say something. You should do it, and you should do it. Simple period. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went on to the top of the hill. And look at what it says: As long as Moses held his hands, Israel was winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, Amalekites was winning. Did Joshua quit? No. Till death, I'm going to follow these orders. When Moses' hands grew tired. They took a stone, and you know the story. So, verse 13, so Joshua overcame the Amalekites with a sword. He overcame. What is? What did he do? What happened? This was a guy who came under the authority of his leadership. That's what it means to be a soldier. And we need to come under the authority of leadership. And second, we also have to come under the authority of the word of God. That is the ultimate authority. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. The latter part, 4b, it says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and because the word of God not just lives in you, it's on some, some translations you'll use a word, abides in you, it stays in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Why? Because you came under the authority of the word of God in your life. You came under the authority of the word, you came under the authority of, authority of leadership, so what are you now? You are a good soldier for Jesus Christ. What has happened? There's a, God is able to control your anger. That is the reason why First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. Very famous verses. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. One another. One another. God opposes the proud, but gives favor to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you when? In due time. He will lift you. He will exalt you. But humble yourself. Carry orders. Carry orders. Come under the authority. And you know what Jesus did? Whenever he was on earth, he carried the orders of his father. Whatever his father said, he did. No. 
get up, get up and he went in the morning and he went and prayed and he received commanding orders. Now he is not supposed to uh, stay here. He has to supposed to go to the other village. He went. The opportunities was for ministry were there. He said, no. My commanding officer said, I have to go there. He went. My commanding officer said, I should walk all the way to meet the Samaritan woman. He went. How many people are there in your congregation now? One person. For one person you are going to travel all this way because I received orders from my commanding officer. I do what my father asked me to do. You understand? So first thing, soldier. Second thing, soldier is difficult. Second thing he says, verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 5, uh, chapter, chapter 2 verse 5, similarly anyone who competes as an athlete, abba, athletics, sports, what should he do? Does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to rules. Athlete. Athletics. Okay. In athletics, you need one thing. Training. Okay. Exercise and practice. Both things are important. See, this is a way to control your anger because young people are angry, Mama. Very angry they are. So God has to <laughs> put them in a school of discipline, which many people don't like. Very difficult. <laughs> you cannot become a disciple unless you are disciplined. You understand that, right? So similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, so what, what should an athlete do? He should compete according to the rules. And So what should he do? He has to go into what we call strict training. Say that. Everybody say strict training. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Ante? Gold medal, silver medal, bronze medal, only gold medal. Only one fellow. Those days there were no silver and bronze. We got one silver, Sindhu got silver. Abba! Sindhu got one silver. Michael Phelps got 28 gold. <laughs> Okay. Run in such a way so that you get the what? Prize. You are in a race. Everyone who competes in games goes into what, Baba? Strict training. Bah, not ordinary training. This is not my, my words. These are Apostle Paul's words in Corinthians. If you have a problem with me, please talk to him and argue with him when you reach heaven. If you reach heaven. Okay, whenever you reach heaven. (laughs) Everyone who competes in games goes into what we call as strict training. Why do they do it? They do it to get a crown that will not last. You see, I'll tell you something. They go into strict training. Remember, recently, the French Open tennis was going on. I'm not talking about Rafael Nadal, who's my favorite. He lost in the semifinals and I'm really depressed about it, but it's okay. I've overcome it. But uh, there's a there's a there's a uh, female athlete. Her name is Naomi Osaka. She's a Australian Open champion this year, and she also won the U.S. Open. She refused to adhere to the comp- to the tournament rules. After she won the first round match, she said the, the the tournament rules suggest that every person who every athlete who wins or loses a particular round, he has to go and give an interview to the media. So you know what she did? She refused. She won the match and she refused to give the interview to the media. You know what they said? Get out. Out. $15,000 fine and you are out of the tournament. We don't care how 
talented you are you may be australian open champion us open champion and in fact now they're saying that even all the grand slams can even, might even boycott her but she's she's giving her own reasons whatever the reasons may be but there are rules they say that she won the prize and she went into depression after she won the us open she said that i won the us open and i went into depression that's what happens in these in these day in the in the world even michael phelps after he won 28 tournament gold medals he went into depression you know that and he started taking marijuana they do it for a perishable crown and he says we have to do for a crown which will last forever so what do we do we go into what strict training so first thing you have to run to get the prize how many people get the prize only one person will get the prize second you sh- in order to get the prize you have to compete according to rules second you have to go into strict training so that you get the imperishable crown and how do you get, do that first thing therefore he says he uses two examples i do not run as someone who's running aimlessly that means i have a i have a goal in my life you see something one of the things that i've seen lot of young people they don't have a goal that is the reason why people perish because of the lack of knowledge hosea chapter 4 verse 6 people also perish because they don't have vision aim both are important you need to have knowledge and you need to have a goal so everybody has been given a particular will i mean we're all children of god and god has one particular race that he has put all of us in and that race you have to win you're not comp- competing against anybody you're actually competing yourself with yourself with your own flesh because there is evil in the flesh that's what i was talking about right and you have to win that you're not in competition i am not in competition with raj raj is not in competition with me or i am not in competition with sami we are all running our own race but we are in a race and we are there's a name god has given us as a goal so you have to you should not run aimlessly when you run aimlessly what will happen you lose all a lot, lot of energy and then he says do not fight like a boxer beating the air you know the world's most famous boxer is mohammad ali fly like a butterfly sting like a bee and you know what he did every punch he makes it count he will dodge 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 and when he punches one punch bullseye okay so he is not beating there he is not losing his energy so what is what should you do you should have absolute concentration there should be first of all you should have a aim in your life and that is the reason why i tell young people all around everywhere wherever i go if you are a young man who was called to study study well do your exams well study work hard have a goal do the best that you can okay work hard what wherever you are if you are in the if you are in a company work hard if you are in the in the ministry work hard <laughs> wherever you are this is the aim and wherever joseph went he had integrity he had a guy, he was a guy who was hard working he had a name in his life what was the aim one day i'm going to rule he never lost that vision you know that one day i'm going to rule and his eyes were on the vision and every time whatever he did he did with integrity with hard work and he had a goal in his life and he never wasted his time so what do i do verse 27 no i strike and blow my body and make it my slave so that after i preach to others i myself should not be disqualified from this so what you know what paul says boss i myself i can preach to many people but i have to be disciplined myself too because i having preached to others those people might get a crown i i might lose my race 
So what is the problem? What will happen? What are the two issues in a race which will hamper your progress or which will take you away from your aim? Two things. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse one, just one, one, one verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders weights. You should not have any extra weight. That's what the word says. You know, one, 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 one translation will use you should not have weights, extra weights in the that's the reason why in every match or in every 100 meters dash, what kind of clothing they wear? Very light. Do they have long hair? Except, of course, female athletes, may, they may be having long hair, but all male athletes, full short hair. In the country, the breeze, the aerodynamics can res- resist your, I mean, can go for, offer resistance to your, to your motion and by 0.01 second, you can lose the race. Short hair. Light clothes, no weights. No? Mm-hmm. No weights, no punch. <laughs> Extra fat lay nana. Nala manchika. Flat and basically. And then he says, remove the weights. Second thing, remove sin. Weights and anti distractions. Sin and anti problem with your flesh. Distractions, so many distractions. Get up in the morning, distraction. This is a huge distraction. So one time, you know, you have to practice regularly fasting from phone. Not fasting from food. Practice one day. Abba! You see the withdrawal symptoms. Amma, you know, phone lays. Abba, paining. My like, hands are paining because I'm not able to text. You're addicted to gadgets. Okay? So strict training. Take away sin. Take away weight. And let us run with perseverance. The race that is set before us. Because you know what? You have anger. Young people, you have a lot of anger. Give that anger to God. And let him control all your energies for his glory. Remove evil from your from your flesh. So that one day, you can stand confidently before God with your price. So first, we looked at what? Soldier. Second, we looked at athlete. The last one. And we'll stop, Okay. Join me, etc. And verse 5. Similarly, anyone who comes into, uh, competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except he compete by the rules. And verse 6. The hardworking farmer. So first thing is a soldier. Second is an athlete. Third is what? A hardworking farmer. What, what did I say? Hardworking farmer. You know something? Once you become a Christian, you are not less hardworking. You are actually more hardworking. Even if you don't see results. You will do it. Hard-working farmer. That is the reason why. Take up the yoke of discipline when you are young. Yoke ante anti control. Yoke ante nichetla le dadi. Nichetam. Devun chetla ondi. Basically, it's your life is in the hands of God. Hebrews chapter twelve. Look at what it says. Be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See, this is not Hebrews chapter 12. It's actually James chapter 1. Sorry, excuse me. I apologize for the error over here. This is James chapter 1. James chapter 5. Not James chapter 1. It's James chapter 5. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Be patient brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Patience, ante, doing the same things over and over and over and over and over again. Can you do it? Variety all, you know. Variety all. 
same things over and over again hard work and telling you, you know life is actually lot of things doing repeatedly and consistently 1 Corinthians chapter 15 look at what paul has to say this is his testimony for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Verse 10, but the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Now I worked, what? Harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which is inside of me. Hard work. Got it? And therefore, three things. We looked at what? A soldier. An athlete and a farmer. So, studying the Bible is a hard work. It's hard work. Studying the reading the word is a hard work. Prayer is hard work. Whatever you're doing in your in your school is hard work. You need to be a hard working person. Alright. Hard work is important. That is how you take the anger that you have <laughs> and give it under the control of God by working hard. For his glory. And that is the reason why Jesus said, no. They brought him food to eat. You know what he said? My food is to do the will of God. Kya baat hai? My food is to do the will of God. And to finish the work that he has entrusted into my hands. Lot of young people, they start well, but they don't finish well. You know why? Somewhere down the line, they get distracted. They get married to an unbeliever maybe, I don't know. They choose the wrong career. They choose the wrong partner. They choose the wrong profession. And what happens? They waste their life. Life is short, my dear brothers. So, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and I'm going to start. Stop. Now all has been heard. Everybody heard it. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. This is the conclusion of the matter. What is the conclusion of the matter? Fear God. What is that? Fear God. And... Keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. Why? Verse 14. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. So in order to ensure, that's what, that's what Paul says, no? He says, I fought the fight. That means I was a soldier. I ran the race. That means I was an athlete. I kept the faith. That means I was a farmer. I worked hard. What is waiting for me? The crown of righteousness. And not only for me, for everyone who loves his appearing. Everybody. You know what happens otherwise? Somebody will steal your crown. Somebody will steal. There will be a crown with name Vijay. And if I don't finish my race, somebody else will finish my race. And my crown will be on his head. For all eternity. Can you imagine? With your, with your name, not on your head, but on somebody else's head. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to get distracted. Okay. So two things distract us. Weights. Distractions. Second sin. Secret sins. Pornography. Distraction. It's an addiction, my dear brothers. Entertainment is an addiction. Entertainment can be a weight and a sin, both. You know that? You get distracted easily. And before you know it, you don't know how much time you have, you have uh, spent. Series, series season 1, season 2, season 3, season 4, season 5. 
No, keep on looking. Seasons you are watching on television and seasons in your life are getting over. Life is short. Eternity is long. <laughs> so fear God. Keep his commandments. So what should you do? Take away the sorrow from your heart and the evil from your flesh. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Be a soldier for God. Be an athlete and come into strict training. And what? Second one, third one, be a hardworking person wherever you are. And let God take all your energies. And one day he will see that you are faithful in little, little, little things. You are being a faithful, hardworking stewards in little, little, little things. Slowly, slowly, slowly he will promote you. And one day, you know what? He will be ready to meet your who? Your maker, your God. My time is up and I really want to encourage all my young brothers and sisters. Come under the subjection of your leadership and the authority of your leadership. Submit yourself. Learn to obey. Learn to come into strict discipline and training and learn to work hard. And one day, if you do this consistently, you will be ready and you will be confident like Apostle Paul. You know what? My prize is waiting. What is that crown of righteousness, Macha? <laughs> it's there, waiting for me. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this time that you've given to us. Thank you, Father, for all the young people in Bethel Church and all the people who are online watching us. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you will take the word and impress upon the hearts of your people, especially young people, and challenge them. Lord, to become a soldier for God. The energies and the angers and everything that you've given them, let them surrender them and give it into the hands of God and into the leadership whom God has placed them under. Let them come into strict training and let them continue to be hardworking in whatever they do. Bless them with your wisdom. Bless them with your knowledge. Bless them with your zeal. Bless them with your vision. And let them know, Lord, that you are, you love them and they are loved of you. Let them fulfill God's purpose in their generation. Let them fulfill all the will of God for their lives. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name, amen.